what's up everything the blues are out of the playoffs so this week we'll rant and rave about other teams and situations and then we'll inevitably rant and rave about the blues because there's always plenty of material there the summer is upon us which means the wacky content machine is back in full force so let's get started and let's go tier list Cup podcast. It is Thursday, June third. Third Thursday. Thursday is today. That's the day it is, and we are here. It's finally June. The move that I've talked about for several episodes is finally over. It's over. Oh my god, Ian! I just, a chapter of your life. I have is never done. accomplished a thing so significant. I've done a lot of education in my life, and I'll tell you none of those degrees felt as fulfilling as walking out of that house and it was just completely empty. I was just like, I did it. <laughs> none of those degrees this is my success you for the story. move. That's right, exactly. Was this your yeah. Stanley Cup? This was. This was the closest I will ever get to winning a Stanley Cup. Uh, how has your week been? You didn't have a move. You didn't. How was your Memorial Day weekend? I forgot it was Memorial Day weekend. I'm trying to Because I took two days off to do this. It was it was good. It was uh, it was a nice long three day weekend, in which I didn't do very much of anything, which was great. It mm-hmm. was lovely. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I like that. You know, I wish I I'm looking forward to this weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of unpacking I could do here, but I ain't gonna do it. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, I'm a I'm a I'm that's just, for uh, another day. Yeah, I'm not doing it. I am doing nothing. Um, and the Blues are doing nothing because they're out of the playoffs, yeah. Ian. So this week, there's so much to talk about. There's two big topics that we're going to go deep on, I think. Um, and neither of them have to do with the Blues. So we will get to the Blues and we'll talk about, um, hopefully, a St. Louis food tier list if we have time. We'll, Listen, folks. We'll timestamp it or Listen, we won't. folks. We need the content. Yeah. You know? So Give us your ideas. If, if we get an hour plus out of this week episode we'll, we'll just push off the good stuff till next week and you can keep suffering if you have an episode you don't like just remember it's your fault because oh, yeah. you didn't <laughs> right. tell us what because to do you didn't enjoy it enough and right you can listen you we're can, aimless monkeys you can completely dictate our content yeah. schedule at this point if you want us to do a three-part episode <laughs> on the evolution of claude monet's paintings we'll do it it'll be terrible but we'll do we're it we're trying you are the voice of the people and we are the voice of the voice of the people. <laughs> yeah i mean seriously if you listen to this and you think wow what would it be like to control what two people did for a while you can, do, you can do that do it. it's possible how about you play mad libs with your significant other over the weekend and then send them to us for freedom live on air we do not care at all folks it was an early early off season it's gonna be a long summer and we need content we should have, we should have been prepared but we weren't prepared Mm-mm. i mean it was a we should have had movies expected. ready that yeah, we'd already yeah. watched and we could re- review, didn't do that. Um, 
it's it's bad. So, folks, you know, you send us your questions, your ideas, your ramblings, your, you know, um, ransom notes that you've written <laughs> in your life, whatever. Give us anything. We'll your read them on air. A chapter from your favorite children's book. Hop on pop. <laughs> we'll, read, we'll read anything, folks. We just need to fill our contractual 60 minutes a week until boys hockey is back. <laughs> uh, so, in any case, speaking of things that should never have happened, the Mark Shifley hit. Ooh, uh, this is going to be a topic for us. Mm-hmm. We see eye to eye on this stuff. People have gotten a preview of this conversation a lot. So I don't know that we're covering any new ground. The biggest thing to me about this hit is when I first watched it, I found myself watching it four or five times on the, you know, the Zapruder film slow-mo and try, <laughs> trying to figure out. You were really like that. Yeah, you were yeah, like, yeah, yeah let's watch sure, that one over sure. and over again. Yeah, yeah. I said Zapruder film, not snuff film. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to watch this one in the room with the lights off. That's right. Um, but you know how you do. You're always like, you're always like. Where's the point of contact? Did he really hit the head? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is this really an illegal hit? And then I I almost pinched myself and I stepped back and I was like, look at this. Like, step out. Don't look at the content, the contact specifically. Look at the whole thing Mm -hmm. and think if this is something that should have happened. And the answer is obviously no. Jake Evans? Jake Evans, right? No, no, it sounds weird. I've opened his young gun 38 times. I should know what his last name is. If you say Jake, it should be Alan, but it's Evans. Yeah, but it's not. Jake Evans has already scored by the time the contact is made. The puck's already in the back of an empty net. Hmm. And Mark Shively comes up, comes through Evans, is off his feet when the hit is completed, and Evans does like a complete backflip. And lands ass over tea kettle on the ice. And it was a huge, you know, skating. The, the speed of the hit was violent. Mm-hmm. The timing of the hit was unnecessary. It was so clearly an attempt to cause harm. I don't want to say Mark Shapley was trying to injure the guy. But he sure as hell wanted the guy to hurt mm-hmm. after that hit. And... It, to me, it just comes. It comes back to this discussion. I feel like we have it every time, but I people will hate that I say this. I get that. I get that, and I don't. I don't even want to imply that the people who will hate that I say this are wrong. But to me, if I had to trade every hit ever in the NHL, if I had to make it a contactless sport tomorrow for no NHL player to ever have a concussion again tomorrow done I don't think about it that's not that <laughs> for me that's not a question personally you know the a big clean hit is great and when nobody gets hurt you see the guy jump right up and skate to the bench it's fine it's fun everybody loves that it gets mm-hmm. the blood pump and I'm not denying that but the NHL cannot seem to stop things like this from happening. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of rooting in a league. And really, really, and, and I do want to let you speak eventually, but people, people come here for me. <laughs> but no, but really, the last thing I'll say, the thing that made me more furious than even the hit, the thing that really got me riled up last night, is Joel Edmondson made the comment after the game. And mm. I can almost quote it from memory because I read it so many times, but... 
he basically said, you know, the league's going to take care of it. But if he's back, if he plays again in this series, we're going to make his life miserable. It was, that was basically it. Mm-hmm. He didn't say we're going to try to take his head off or we're going to do everything we can to injure him or get revenge. He just said we're going to make his life miserable. And the, there was, I don't want to say the amount of outrage for that outstripped the amount of outrage for the Shifo hit, but there was certainly a segment of fans who were more angry about yeah. Edmondson's comments than about the hit. I mean, even Paul Maurice made like some comment about the Edmondson comments. Yeah. Like, that's premeditated, and I don't, we don't need that in the game, or yada yada, and it was just like... And what pisses me off about that is twofold. First of all, we, I, um, I forget the guy's name. Well, well-known uh, charts guy that will come back to me at some point. He tweeted about it, and I retweeted him, and he replied to me. And his tweet was just about this is vigilanteism. The league needs to punish this so harshly. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I responded about how just how much I disagreed with the way he phrased it. And his response to us was something like, you notice how I lumped you in there. You didn't say anything to the guy. But his response to us was something like, you punish the hit and then you punish the vigilante comments twice as hard because you know, because people need to know that you're the only law in the NHL. And I just responded, yeah, but they don't punish the hits. That's mm. the whole problem. That's why because there's vigi- vigilanteism in the first place. Any other time that this sort of thing happens, when the Tom Wilson stuff happens, every guy who took his profile picture in the cab of a pickup truck from 1996, <laughs> and you know exactly what I'm yeah, talking about, every one of those guys is like, well, if the players just police themselves... And they were just tough guys. If Tiger Williams was on the ice, this wouldn't be a problem. And then Joe Edmondson comes out and he says, you know what? If the league doesn't punish this, we're going to have to police it ourselves. And everybody's up in arms. And it's I'm just so sick of this league openly welcoming violence and harm to its players. But not if you acknowledge it. It's like the mm-hmm. freaking... It's like the invisible boy from uh, Mystery Men. Like, he can only be invisible when nobody's looking at him, you know? Like, I just, I, this, uh, anyway, please speak, because I have spoken forever, but like. No, I mean, I, I agree wholeheartedly. It's just, it's crazy to me, too, that folks are out there defending Shifley, saying, well, Jake Evans, you know, needs to be more aware of where he's at, needs to have his head up and stuff like that. And it's like, man. He's trying to ice the game. I saw someone, and this is just scapegoating one person on Twitter, that was basically like, someone was like, he was defending Mark Shifley. He was saying Jake Evans should have his head up. Someone said, what do you want Jake Evans to do? And they were like, well, if you see the hit coming, you need to like take the puck back in the other direction or maybe even go in the corner and kill some time. And I was like, yes. And then what happens? The Jets get the puck back. They score a goal and it's tied. You've mm-hmm. seen that happen before when you can't. I mean, you've seen it happen to the Blues and they can't score an empty net. So if you're Jake Evans and you're behind the net with the puck and all you have to do is wrap it around to get the goal, you just do that because that's hockey. You score the goal. And then I've seen people argue, well, if that's hockey, so is hitting. And I was like, yeah, hitting isn't hockey. 
but also like if you're trying to win the game if the if the goal is to win the game you need to strip Jake Evans of the puck you need to essentially stick left him which they've there's been countless um screen grabs of where you can see like the puck's not in the net before Shifley makes contact by a distance and he has a stick there on the ice, mm-hmm. but he's not reaching out with it or anything. He has a complete opportunity to play the yeah. puck instead of the player. He totally can play the puck. He can lift that and dude's stick. I'm not saying it keeps it from going in, but you're making an attempt, right? I heard R.A. on Spit and Chicklets and just a clip I saw on Instagram be like, what's he supposed to do, swat the puck the other direction? And I'm like, yeah! Dude, it happens all, all the, the time. time! How many times do you see the like blue line save from a defender, yeah. whether the goalie's there or not? you know who just scoops the puck off the line at the last second for sure jake out Al- jake Allen. i'm gonna, I'm gonna do that a lot jake evans doesn't have any like <laughs> leverage the way yeah. he's shooting it it would not take much to force the puck back against him yeah. and keep it from going in the net but <laughs> it's weird to me because i don't the... think i i just don't believe that Mark Shifley thought he was going to prevent that goal with that hit. No, I just no. don't. I don't. I've never seen an angle that makes that seem. Well, that's the thing possible. is, like, you. What's he supposed to do? Is honestly, like, it's going to sound really lame. What he's supposed to do if he can't lift the stick? It's fucking nothing. nothing not and either. people are like, well, yeah. What does he just do? It's one of two options. No, there's a third option. He can skate around Jacob. Yeah. I get he's going real fast. I get he skated 190 feet, uh-huh. so it's really hard for him to stop because he's aiming you to hit this guy through break the boards into him. That's why. But he checked through him. Like you could make contact mm-hmm. because because oh shit, I'm moving 100. And- 90 feet and i'm moving 30 miles per hour and i can't yeah, yeah, yeah. redirect that quickly but you could not finish the check which there's, he very clearly did whether a, yeah whether it was a dirty check or not he finished it there's a way easier way to make contact and also make it look kind of incidental by pulling up but also kind of throwing yourself you know what i mean uh-huh. where it's like you stop a little but then you give him a pretty big shove, and it's yeah. like, okay, you got your little pound of flesh. But that's the difference. It's like, okay, you didn't stop him. Now get in a fight. Do whatever weird right. hockey shit you got to do. But you don't plow through the guy. The other argument is people go, well, it's not charging because he stopped moving his feet however many, you know. He stopped moving his skates 15 feet away or whatever it is. The rule book, there is, there might have been at one point, there is no more rule in the charging call that you have to like hadn't been moving your feet the whole time or uh, to a certain point it's gone it's just distance mm-hmm. and the dude traveled almost 200 the entire length of the ice to hit jake evans i'm sure it was to prevent the goal to start but then it was to hit him and the thing of it is too like there was if you look at full context the dude just got out of the box mm-hmm. it's a very long version of the tgoshi rick nash incident from 2010 which, was yeah searching for blood the dude was pissed if you watched him in the game towards the end, of the, game, the dude's pissed and it's i get same, that it's literally it's just the same as the tom wilson thing. yeah he'd just been called his team was losing i don't remember if the capitals were losing but like he'd yeah. just been called a penalty he didn't like he was pissed he's angry at the other team and he's looking to hurt somebody mm-hmm. and that listen i'm not trying to say mark shifley is a bad human being I don't know the guy. You know? Maybe yeah. he donates all his money to hospitals and stuff, and he's great. But in that moment, he was a bad human being. 
Some people, I'm, again, I'm not trying to, like, raise the stakes, but some people commit murder in, like, a 90-second th- window, and on either side of that 90-second window, they're, like, a totally sane, decent person, and they immediately feel regret, mm-hmm. but that person's already dead. Yeah, I was and like, you've still got to go to jail. Well, that's what I was saying. When people are like, it shouldn't be a suspension. I'm like, it shouldn't be murder one, but it should be murder two. Yeah, you know, it's manslaughter like, at least. I was like, that's fine, man. He doesn't need the full book thrown out. I saw people saying it needs at least eight games for like the country hit, and I was like, I understand not getting that. I was for, for one he's thing, not a repeat he's offender. not a repeat I offender. I saw it yeah. immediately. I honestly. I'm surprised the league went four. I thought they'd do two or three. I really thought it was going to be two. And, and I, I want to say kudos to them, except the next time Tom <laughs> Wilson does something like this, they won't do it. Yeah. Because Tom Wilson had that charge in the Bruins series that didn't get him anything. And to be, to be fair, I defended him at the time because I didn't think it was that bad. But, like, you know, if you're talking about distance travel and all that... It was also a charge, sort of, you know. And I heard, I heard somebody today read somebody being like, "What? Well, how is the Shifley head any different than the Krug head on Robert Thomas?" And uh. it's like, dude, we were all furious about that at the time. <laughs> Just because Krug's now on the team and they had a little joke about it doesn't mean that at the time we didn't want that dude's blood. Well, I was gonna say like, yeah, just because they didn't call that <laughs> doesn't mean, oh well, then don't call anything else after right. that. They made a mistake. They yeah. should have called it. I, I, and. I don't understand any defense for this. Like, just that's the thing is people put such a stink about it. Like, obviously they they called the penalty. They you knew immediately it was having a hearing. It's that's it. That's the end of the story. But right. you had people coming out and going, "Well, this is BS. This is part of hockey." That's where the stink comes from. It's like just let it happen, bro. This is not 1995 anymore. I was talking to my dad about this too. Like. These players are all so much stronger and faster and better than they have ever been. Like a fourth liner today would skate circles around a fourth liner from like 2003. Like just mad circles around them. And the protection's better than ever where you can slam into people and not feel it. It's like it's just different. A dude could hit somebody else at full speed 20 years ago. You know why? Because full speed was like half the speed of today. Not to, not to mention that in 2003, we didn't know what CTE is. I know, yeah. And I'm sorry. It's like... It's like smoking to me. Yeah. You know? It's like, well, everybody in the 60s smoked, and it's like, yeah. And then we figured out it caused cancer. <laughs> like, kind of a lot. And we all stopped. And now you, you know, and maybe you shouldn't judge people who smoke. I get it's an addiction, but I don't know. If you're like me, you see somebody smoking now and you're like, wow, that's crazy. (laughs) You know, like, wow, that's happening. With due respect to anyone who smokes in our audience, it's great. I'm not trying to judge anyone, but it's like we learn things Mm -hmm. as a society and we change. And... Steve Dangle, when the, when the Tom Wilson thing happened, he he put it in a way that I hadn't really thought about it before, but it kind of crystallized stuff for me because he was like, is he you know he asked his co-host like, is fighting a part of hockey? And they were all kind of like, yeah, I guess so. And yeah. he's like, then why is it a five minute major? Yeah, it's always been. It's not like there was fighting the the glory days of fighting in the eighties where it was totally allowed mm-hmm. and it wasn't illegal and it was great. It's always been a five minute major. This this is the only sport that celebrates the commitment of the most serious infraction your league has. 
There's never there's never going to be a time in the NBA where they're like, dude, that was a great technical foul. You did awesome, man. You really you really sparked the team with that technical. I'm, I can't if we if you hadn't gotten teed up in the third quarter, we wouldn't have won this game, baby. That's all on you. You know, like yeah. that's not going to happen. That Nobody's is, ever going to be like, dude, that unsportsmanlike conduct you did in the first quarter. In you know the in the end zone, really, that really set us up for success. It's, and I get that it's different. I get, and I'm I'm not. I I actually do want fighting out of the game. I I don't ever need to see another fight. I'm not trying to say there never needs to be another ch- check, mm-hmm. but there's a reason charging's illegal. Charging well, is illegal say, and leaving your feet and cross checking. I feel ahead. like they need to. I feel like they need to. If you want to make the game safer, then they have to really crack down on what is a penalty so like if it's an elbow to the head that's charging but something that like you said results in a penalty normally maybe that needs to result in more than just a penalty mm-hmm. like especially depending on obviously severity and everything where it's just like i don't want to take physicality out of the game because i don't mind people you know pushing and shoving around or like it's a close you know you guys are in close proximity you give somebody a cross check all that stuff but like these big these ginormous hits you see sometimes even when they're clean the they're fun, but they kind of make me cringe a little bit too because I'm like, you don't have to smack your head against something in order to get a concussion. You can get a shot straight to the chest when you're moving one way and all of a sudden you go move another way. Your brain is like a goldfish in a fish tank. It sits in liquid and sloshes around in there. It's not fixed. Does it ever blow your mind that your brain is talking to my brain about each oh, other? And crazy. we're just in like a weird like skeleton skin like machine. That. I don't like that at all. We'll save, we'll save that for the Halloween episode. Yeah, yeah you're spooky. <laughs> but you know, like it, if you jerk your neck back really quickly, unexpectedly, your brain is going to collide with your skull. That's how concussions happen. So your skull doesn't need to collide with something else for your brain to collide with your skull. It doesn't diminish the like, you know, like mm. that makes it worse. Sure. <laughs> but like, you know, it's just, I just don't, I think what bothers me so much about this hit, I may have said this already, but it's just that some people look at that hit and think it's fine. It's a legal hit, so it's good. Mm-hmm. We should, if not applaud it, at least not punish it. Yeah. And I'm just like, how is that? How is that okay? How do you look at that and think that's a that's a good thing? I'm glad that happened, or I'm not upset that that happened. Yeah. I don't. There's such a difference between that and between like a big reverse check or like a big clean check in the middle of the ice. A guy's got the puck, you know, like that's just, I know people can get hurt. And again, I'm not trying to take hitting away from everybody who does love it. But like that is such a different category to me. And I just, I don't, I'm glad the league cracked down on this one. But to me, it's, you just have to stop having the conversation around, was this, where was the point of contact? Can I slow this down frame oh, by yeah. frame enough so that I can see that it was shoulder to shoulder? And you have to start looking at it at game speed. And you, if if you see the hit and you're like, oh my God, about 
what happened to the guy receiving the hit, that needs to go away. Mm-hmm. That should stop. That can stop and the game will be fine. The Olympics are the best hockey you'll ever watch. The World Junior Championship is some of the best hockey you'll ever watch. College hockey can be really good. Women's hockey can be fantastic. And none of them have hitting to the same extent that the NHL does. Or fighting, you know? And I don't... This is a league of speed and skill... And I want it to be more and more that way, you know? And I don't want, I also don't want to see Mark Shifley, probably the highest skilled player on either team, removed from the series for four games. I didn't want that either, but he made that happen to himself, you know? So, like, it's just not good for the game. Why, why? It sucks so hard that the conversation is about that. And not about, oh my god, the Canadians, who nobody thought had a prayer in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. are not only in the second round, as we'll talk about shortly, but they won a game. They won game one. They're my underdog. You know, they might be the team that gets out of the north to get sacrificed to the avalanche. But, like, you know, we can't talk about that because we got to talk about this. And I'm tired of talking about stuff that isn't the game. And this isn't the game to me. And that's kind of, I don't know. I just, I'm tired of the violence for the sake of violence. You have any other thoughts on that? Well, yeah. I think, I think it's sickening. But I also, <laughs> I think the NHL got this one at least right with yeah. the suspension length. Did you know... Uh, they, and as we said before, they eventually just have to start giving stiffer suspensions. Mm-hmm. If we're always going to talk about precedent, then the precedent has to just be changed at some point, you know? Did I know what? Oh, this is this is a really hard transition to our next topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know Mitchell Marner is fourth in scoring? So why even say top five? Just say top four. Yeah, or, or fourth. just say fourth. That is true. Anytime I hear that, like... You'll hear somebody like he's he's participated in over 412 triathlons, and you're like, so 413? Yeah. Like, why would it? Yeah, why so? No, it's actually 423, and it's like, okay. They're top 11. I'm like, so he's not eight. He's definitely 11. Exactly. Um, Yeah, so let's talk about the. Folks, it's time for our annual spend 30 minutes crapping on Toronto and the Maple Leafs extravaganza. And yeah, we'll timestamp the Blues stuff if you just want to skip right past this. It's but at don't. the end. Yeah, it's at the end. It's later after we've had all our fun. Oh my god, Ian, they did it again. I'll be honest. I was. I don't think I've ever been as happy and sad at the same mm-hmm. time. As I was when the Hab second goal went in mm-hmm. in the third period, I was like, "Yeah, oh boy!" Ooh. I was just like, it was very mixed emotions because I, I was mostly happy, but I was also like, "Man, if you're just some poor, I don't know, 
20 year old somewhere in Toronto and you're just living your life and you're like I love this hockey team they're you know they're my team you're not toxic yeah and you're just like a regular human being uh-huh. in Toronto and that's, that's of course it's your team that's where you grew your up your name is Ian Peters perhaps except you're in Canada yeah so it's exactly I-A-I-N. oh yeah that's and fine I'm okay with that one you're I-A-I-N you're okay with I'm okay with that one but is there one that you don't like um no I think all spellings of Ian as long as they have an I to start are okay now let me ask you this question it's the pronunciation the is, shitty pronunciation is Ewan like. fundamentally the same name Ewan or is that a different name sure why not okay I want to name my kid Owen or like or <laughs> some other yeah like Ian Owen or I kind of liked Liam for a while but then I learned everyone likes that mm-hmm. and so I was right out I'm enough of a hipster to be like we're not doing what everyone else wants yeah for um, sure. Like, I want to name a kid Indy, but then, of course, that's, like, after Indy. Like, what's he going to say? Would I get named after the state? No, the, yeah. the you know, the movie character. Yeah, exactly. Which is named after a dog, so it's, mm-hmm. like, that's not good. <laughs> um, what now? Yeah. I had a teacher in high school. I guess you were in my same high school. <laughs> <laughs> I lived there. You didn't there. have Dr. Fleming, though, did you? No. We okay. had, like, very few of the same yeah, teacher, except for two of them. Yeah, except for all the ones we did have. What? We just had what? We just had uh, the literal same class, the Thousand. journalism class. Our journalism, yeah. Were we in? Where we watched Broken Glass. AP Lit together? Shattered Glass. Shattered Glass. I was just whatever. thinking about that the other day. I really want to see that again. It's yeah. been a while, but that's a good movie. Um... No, we didn't have... Folks, tune in next week for our Shattered Glass rewatch. <laughs> we didn't have AP Lit together. Peter Sarsgaard and Hayden Christensen's <laughs> star in this cinematic classic about shady journalistic practices. We had uh, we had the same teacher. We didn't have the same class, though, because it was Boslog. Right? Yeah. yeah, and yeah, she yeah. had the back-to-back sessions. Yeah. You and Chris, our shared very close friend, were in the yeah. first one, and I wasn't. No. I had to start my morning with something else awful. Or maybe I started with Oh, her. I was in the, I was you in the afternoon. You were in the second one, yeah. You're right, never mind. Anyway, uh, th- there's your trip through Parkway South probably, Senior High. You probably didn't have this. I probably saw this before, but like, you're you're good at you're good at English and stuff. But every <laughs> I would I was good in the sense that my grades were A's, uh-huh. but I always felt like I was writing like a robot. Uh-huh. Apparently that's what people like. Um, except for every year on my first paper, probably due to summer, I would get. I would think I wrote a pretty good paper, and it would always be a C or a D, <laughs> and it would always shock me, even though it happened every year. And they would always like talk to me, like, "Yeah, like I think you're good, but like I don't think this is good." And I'd be like, "Oh no, I'm bad again." And then like it's like it clicked, and then the rest of the year I'd be fine. But uh-huh. every year. I'd be like, that's pretty good work. And then I'd get it back, and I'm like, shit, that was really bad, huh? <laughs> I remember my very first high school assignment ever was like some little two-page history BS. And I literally did the, like, Merriam-Webster defines X as sort of thing yeah. <laughs> and wrote that, and the teacher just wrote, cite this, and, like, marked me off for it. And I, I didn't know what a citation was, Ian. This was high school. Be like Merriam-Webster. Yeah. <laughs> That's my citation. But in AP Lit, I didn't have to do anything because we had, there were five English classes at Parkway South that you could take. And I had, by chance, been the only junior to take oh, AP Comp. Comp. That's right. I was the only person in our class to take it as a junior. So you were alone for like a couple weeks. I was alone for a couple weeks. One-on-one instruction with 
Dr. Conley, who is a, a nut job, and, but amazing. But and he like very clearly wanted me to not be there, but I didn't. I didn't drive Steve, myself. <laughs> Stephen, you can go home. No, I love learning. Yeah. <laughs> I was for sure that, and like I didn't drive myself to school because I was a loser. You know, so like I couldn't. I I was just like I can sit in another classroom, but like I'm just gonna be here. Steven, can you go out in the hall? So this guy graciously like gave me like one on one tutoring for the for the AP oh, exam yeah, yeah, yeah. for like two weeks. So like of course I got a five on it, which is the only thing I ever did in high school worth mentioning. So I came into AP Lit in senior year as the only, not only the only student that had taken it, but I also got a five on that exam. And our uh, in our AP oh, Lit teacher, right. Dr. Basslog, loved me. And I did everything I could in high school to never be noticed. So like this was a very unusual experience for me, but I just freaking milked him for everything it was worth. I didn't do anything in that class and in hindsight i feel bad but it was great <laughs> it was literally the first day of class she like introduced me to the room and oh, i was no. like oh no thank you no thank you this is the only man that took ap comp <laughs> as a junior the only human in history to get a five on the ap comp exam ah it was terrible so my point is dr fleming named her daughter scout so uh you know after the uh to kill a mockingbird character. So oh. there's that where that conversation started ten, 10 minutes ago. And speaking of scouting, the May police had to be scouting trade partners <laughs> because they gotta tear down this team. So this is the <sighs> fifth straight year that they got ousted in the first round. I really didn't think tell me where you were yeah, at yeah. after game four. I really didn't think they were gonna collapse. No, I didn't I think thought so. I thought the the Canadians were trash because they are. Yeah. And the Maple Leafs are actually good this year, at least comparatively good to the trash bag North Division. And I was like, okay, so they're going to get through the first. And I just hope, I just hope that Winnipeg tears them up. Yeah. I was just, I really thought um, prior to any of the games being played that Edmonton would be Edmonton and Toronto. And I was like, well, I don't think Toronto's going to, Toronto's defense ain't going to be able to handle. McDavid, it's going to be like a fucking shootout. Every game's going to be like eight seven, mm-hmm. and I was excited for that. Um, but yeah, I didn't think after game four, especially because I actually got to watch some of that for mm-hmm. whatever they reason. Dominated they looked four, really right? good, and yeah. I was like, oh okay, this makes sense. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm a little sad that they'll get out of the first round, but okay. Um, yeah, man, <laughs> I don't know. After I... after game five. Because that I five still and six went were. to OT, right? Yeah, after game five, I was still like, okay, they had a hiccup, but they've yeah. got two games to win. And then after game six, I was like, I don't want to believe, but this is the Maple Leafs, and they're probably going to screw this up. I didn't, and yeah. I, I honestly, and I don't think that city is making a big enough deal about this collapse. That's what I'm going to say. The Canadians are terrible, and I realized they beat the Penguins last year, but that was a Penguins team. That didn't care at all. Mm-hmm. So many of the like legacy teams that have won cups recently came back to that bubble and were like, "Get us out of here!" <laughs> like, Dude, if and I the do Blues this again, were yeah. definitely one. They were, I, you know, they aren't good, and we'll talk about them later. But they were definitely like, "I don't. We just won the actual cup. We don't want your make believe cup." Oh. Um, but I just, <laughs> I can't believe how, like you said, they're not making a big enough deal, especially because I thought. That in this game seven, 
they were compared to all of them they looked like they They did not care i mean i watched that entire game that was literally the first playoff game that i watched the entirety of even blues games any game that was monday that was like the last day yeah i literally didn't see a second of it i tried to get everything out of the way so i could watch this and i did (laughs) and i'm telling you what for the entire 60 minutes of play they did not care. It was unbelievable. They didn't care? They didn't care. Oh, it was unbelievable to me how they were playing. Mm-hmm. Like, someone else said on another podcast or on a video, I think it was some TSM video I watched, they looked like they were playing um, a regular season game. They had, like, no gear. Like, zero <laughs> gear. It was it was people standing up straight, skating around. It was unbelievable. It was crazy to me. I thought for sure they'd get one goal. If they got one, they'd start clicking and humming. Yeah. But the entire time was just uh, just Canadians forecheck, more shots on net. The the Maple Leafs couldn't get through the neutral zone ever, and I was like, certainly they will change something. <laughs> they have to. That's what it reminded me um, very much of a Blues elimination game mm-hmm. historically where it's like, you got to show up. This is the game. And they didn't. And it was even more sad because I think the Blues at least try and throw like a little gumption in there, and you're like, eh. Mm-hmm. They look like they're trying, and then you can tell underneath they're really not. Ooh, he's trying! <laughs> yeah, or they're swinging at it, but it's like they're trying to fight an adult and they're a child. You're uh-huh. like, ooh, you're giving it your all. Oh, that old, like, you got that yeah. hand on the head and they're swinging away. Yeah, it's the Tarasenko yeah. too late goals against San Jose in 2016. Or against uh, whoever we just lost. <laughs> yeah, against the Avs. You're like, yeah. ooh, man, I don't know. It could be close. <laughs> and then it's not. It wasn't even close. I mean, the minute... The Habs scored the first goal. Oh, you knew it was over. I was then. like, that's done. For sure. It's, it's done, it's, They're not coming back. And that team. It's sad that we can say that with such confidence. It's a self fulfilling prophecy, but like some other teams would look at their captain being injured in the flukiest, <laughs> you know, and. They are a little cursed. Shout I gotta out give you. To they John are a Tavares. little cursed. That guy just got straight up screwed. And yeah. he. His contract is the number one reason they're in this situation. But that de- he didn't deserve that. That's not that his was crazy. Fault. Yeah. And then um, Jake Muzzin gets hurt in game six, right? Yeah. Um, and some teams would look at that and like, yeah, we're we're gonna rally around uh, some other J- Justin Hall and we're gonna play good <laughs> hockey. You know, Travis Dermott. That's who yeah. I was trying to think of. But they just look at it as like we're the gods don't want us to win. You know. That's what I mean. They just looked so dejected, like. When the game started, they just looked like they were like, well, I guess this we're is We're already it. here, so we can't I'm win this. Serious. It's almost like they were like, well, <laughs> I remember this. And I've been there before, because, and I know I've told this story before, but we might have a new listener. There are cats born every day. <laughs> so, uh, when we were in 2016-17, that's the year we beat the Blackhawks, right? 15-16. Uh, and it was, we were up. Three to one in the series, same mm. as the same as the Maple Leafs. Yeah, and I remember telling Jordan. I remember having oh, this yeah. conversation because I was like, Game five and seven were at home, and I remember telling him I was like, Dude, we've Game five is must win, and he was like, Come on, man, that's not. There's no way. There's that's there's you got three games, you can win any of them, and I was like, No, no, I know what you're saying, but listen to me. If we lose game five at home, we're not winning game six in Chicago. Mm. And if we lose game six in Chicago, there's no way we're beating this team in a game seven. And I believe that right up until Troy Brower whacked at the puck seventeen times and knocked it in. <laughs> 
You know, but like at least there, like you said, at least they showed some fight. Mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> There's a part of me that thinks that the only option in Toronto is to not do anything. Mm-hmm. You couldn't have predicted losing Tavares and Muzzin. You were in a weird season. It's one loss. You can't let that define your whole team. And there's also part of me that's like, they should go much further than any of the things anyone's talking about. You know, like, because I just, (laughs) that, this, if this. That team needs a whole new feel. If this core can't do it for you, can't get you out of the first round. We're not talking about winning cups. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the mistakes I think this team makes is they're like, oh, we're we're really a cup contender this year. And I'm like, dude, talk to me about sniffing the third round sometime. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about winning the Eastern Conference once. And then we can talk about the Stanley Cup. Because I can't think, can, is there any team... Is there any team in recent memory who went from not winning a series to winning the cup? I know the Lightning got swept the year before they won the cup, but they'd won before that. They'd yeah, gone yeah, deep yeah. before that. The Blues went deep over and over again, won the series against Minnesota a couple of years before. And all the other teams that have won are like dynasties that have won yeah. repeatedly. Maybe was, the first time the Penguins won with Sid, like way back when. Yeah, I would say the Blues are close enough because like they were oust in the first round from, what, 13, 14, 15, 16. They went to the conference finals then they went to round two then they weren't in the playoffs then they won the cup yeah it's a kind of erratic much of the team had still had like petrangelo was there for all of that but i was gonna say again it comes down to if i watch the blues in all those cases and this is this is mad ups to the blues they looked like they gave a shit yeah they looked like they were trying to just hitting a brick wall they really did look like they put in the minimum acceptable (laughs) they at least put in some effort but like I can't, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, this team's not just going to bust through. Maybe, maybe, maybe just getting through one round, right, is like enough confidence building to just be like, we're going to blow through everybody. I mean, was it Friedman or somebody that was saying, man, I thought if they won one, that maybe that was to the finals at least, because they would all just start to feel it. But the more I look at that team, the more it just falls apart. Like, the more I look at it and I go, who's who's going to do this for you? Like, who's who's the player you're going to jump on their back and they're going to carry you? Because there's guys that have amazing performances on that team, amazing individual performances, mm-hmm. but that team doesn't feel, and granted, I don't watch them um, every game throughout the season, but the team doesn't feel like much of a team. It feels like some real, a lot of really good players, which is what you need, but then when you get to the playoffs, they just don't. They don't mesh together, or if one person doesn't perform, they all don't perform. Or like, it's just—is it bad luck? I'm sure some of it's that, but a lot of it is just like these guys not showing up. And it's not like McDavid. It's not like some of these guys that are getting like pulled down and yanked and held on to, and they're not calling it. It's just like they're just not showing up. Period. That team is so busted, and I know they're looking at Mitch Marner. Because they've hated Mitch Marner ever since the contract negotiation mm-hmm. because their GM sucks and they want to blame a 21-year-old kid because that's how Toronto works. Their GM failed, failed to keep a 21-year-old who hadn't even been a top scorer in the league yet at that point from getting a $10.5 million contract. 
Which, by the way, he was fourth in scoring. Mm-hmm. So he's playing up to that level. But anyway, they're scapegoating Mitch Marner, which is a problem for them because that means they're ignoring how bad Austin Matthews yeah. was in this series. Is it Mitch Marner also, I think I heard on the Steve Daniel podcast, like points per game-wise in the playoffs, their best playoff performer thus yeah. far? And what was hilarious is Adam Wilde immediately said, yeah, well, he's been there longer. And it's like, points per game, ditch. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, man. Like, that's how they average it out. That's how, that's the whatever per 60, yeah. bro. We get fucking uh, Ivan Barbashev plays eight minutes a game. That's yeah. why it's per 60. Um, oh, God, Lord. Austin Matthews ain't got it between the ears. As far as I'm concerned, and I don't like saying that because yeah. it's not my business and I'm not trying to judge him as a human being. Although he did commit a sex offense that we've all kind of like <laughs> glossed over, which maybe, maybe let's not gloss over that sort of stuff just because he's a star in Toronto. But that dude, <laughs> have you ever looked in Austin Matthews' eyes and seen life? Because that dude looks dead that, inside. That dude looks super chill. Yeah. And I'm always like, that's fine. I bet that's a great way to live life. I would know nothing about chill. Um, <laughs> but it's, it doesn't speak to how you perform in the playoffs. It doesn't really add to it. Yeah, I would agree. He just is doesn't he, seem doesn't seem fully invested. Is he a slightly better Patrick Line? But significantly better. A lot but like, better, but along the same lines. It's the same thing. I mean, here's the thing. They said it about Alex Ovechkin because Alex Ovechkin is Russian, and they'll never say it about Austin Matthews because Austin Matthews is in Toronto, and that's the reality of hockey. But is it not sort of the same thing? Mm. Are you not sort of saying, man, this guy doesn't show up when it matters. He doesn't play desperate. He doesn't show the leadership qualities that you need. Mm. You know, like... In a way, it'd be insane not to trade Ryan O'Reilly for Austin Matthews. Like, objectively, I look at that and I think, that's stupid. Of course you trade Ryan O'Reilly for Austin Matthews. But there's part of me that's like, I don't. (laughs) Because I know Ryan O'Reilly can win Stanley Cups. He just did it. I think a lot of the players on that team are great and would be even better on other teams and separated in, and on with a better foundation and this around is them. Like, you brought in John Tavares because you had to, because he was the Toronto kid. And now you're stuck with that dude. And he's the reason all your other contract negotiations became a nightmare. He's aging. He's still really, really good. I'm not trying to slam John Tavares, but he's making $10 million a year. He's aging. He's got a lot of years left. He's going to be there after Austin Matthews has left long since. Because there's no so way that dude is staying. If if everything I just said is true, why would he want to stay in Toronto? Mm-hmm. That dude can make gajillions of dollars and go break scoring records on any other team mm-hmm. in the NHL. Why would he stay there? He's going to be a Hall of Famer wherever he goes. He's got that. He's got that Phil Kessel vibe a little bit, you know? And Phil Kessel is a great NHL player and probably underrated, but he shines as a supporting cast, not as the star of the team, you know? Nice. And that's how he won cups in, in Pittsburgh, is he became not the focal point. And that's fine. I don't even think that that's a problem. Not every player is going to be Mark Messier. You know, there's yeah. a reason he gets to choose his own award for the NHL, <laughs> which is so broken. Redonk. But. Awesome Matthews has three more years, it looks like, mm-hmm. after this year. 
Yeah, man. I mean, they just went five years in a row not making it out of the first round. Do you think? Do you think one magic? Oh, we made it to the second round and gave it our all and lost, and then right back to first round loss, first round loss. Is going to be enough to be like, hey, Austin, you want to stay here? You think this is working? Is this working out well for you? We promise. We promise the next eight years we're going to get that cup for you. We're going to have the right cast from the right people around here. It's going to be a-okay, buddy. Because, no. No. Like, that's the thing is their their window is the next three years. And they have to figure it out then. And honestly, if I'm the Maple Leafs, I'm not trading Matthews. I'm not even trading Marnet. I think I would literally try and do everything in my power if you can't... to work around these guys for the next three years, see if it make it work, and if it doesn't, then you, you just rebuild. Because there's you, there's nothing you can do. You can't get rid of these guys you and cannot, get better. You exactly. This is exactly what I was gonna say. You cannot be, build a better team from where you are right now. You won a draft lottery in a year where the top player was extremely good. You drafted a guy, what was Marner, second or third overall? Yeah, something like that. Who, was, who has proven to be a player valuable enough to be taken first overall in most drafts. Mm-hmm. You signed the top free agent in over a decade. And you also ran, your fourth best forward, is sensationally good. And crapped on all the time because he's not those other guys and because he also doesn't care. You had three guys that don't care, and you have a captain that maybe cares but has less personality than a rock. John Tavares is the most lifeless person there's ever been. And you are constantly pumping your expectations and your dreams and your hopes and your anger and your anguish about not winning a cup since that guy that... um, the tragically hip sang about, um, you know, won it in whenever. That was a weird story. You know that song? Mm-hmm. The guy scores the winning goal uh, in one cup, whatever their penultimate cup yeah. one was, and then he disappears over the summer on a fishing trip. He isn't found until like five years later. They find him, they find his dead Vonnie. Oh boy. And they win the cup again that year, but that's the last year they won it. It's called 50 Mission Cap. It's very good, and it'll probably be the outro of this episode now. But anyway. That's scary. I think that's the curse, That's maybe. the curse. That's, that's the curse, like uh, Pawnee. But yeah, it's that <laughs> you cannot get better on the ice, and the team just don't have it. It's I'll, I'll say it, Ian. It's not the right soup, you know? <laughs> You love soup. I've never seen you eat soup. I haven't ever in my life. But Uh, you love soup. (laughs) It's whole meal. Um, Of course. Um, They have so many UFAs this year. That team... They have Riley Nash? This is so emblematic of what's wrong with that team. Steve Dangle on the most recent episode, today's episode, I guess, talked about Zach Hyman leaving as a possible UFA, as if it would be losing a child. Real quick. He, he cool making, here? He cool here? You want Zach Hyman here? I'd take him for sure, but that dude's making like $5 million somewhere. Somebody's That's going nuts for him. I'd love him here, but not... He's a he's like a he's like an even grittier Jaden Schwartz where I'm oh, like no. you're fantastic but you're like a third line guy ideally right that's right we got too many of them I would love him but like not at the contract he's gonna get you know I was really high on that and also on this truly and you just I'm it. so sorry I like him 
other there are there are many UFAs this this year that I'm like, yeah. Can we also talk about how this team went out? The Maple Our Leafs, team or the, Ma- okay. the Maple Leafs went out and they got um, Joe Thornton. Mm-hmm. They then traded for Nick Foligno. Mm-hmm. They got Wayne Simmons this summer. They have had Jason Spezza for like too long. But he's also been really good for mm-hmm. them and apparently is good in the locker room and good on the ice. So what happens when <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you get rid of Thornton and Spezza and Felino and Simmons this year? Not necessarily because they're all really good or anything, but because like those are four spots and they actually all played positions. Like you literally lo- lose like four at least three positional players. Do they have like is Nick Robertson? What, just do you throw him in there if, or what? What's the deal? If I'm this is I I don't envy Kyle Dubas at all, who I think is basically a good GM except for how badly he botched the negotiations with the. I was US gonna say I, I do feel bad that this essential this team on paper should just rip through I other teams have, and they aren't. They should have waltzed through the North Division. This was, a, this was the, a gimme to the, the things, uh, semifinals. That's one of the things that makes this so embarrassing. It's like they're looking at the regular season like, well, at least Austin Matthews won the Richard and um, Marner won, uh, was fourth in points. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, because you played in a trash bag division. You're going to go back to the Atlantic next year and you're going to make major changes to ro- your roster and you're going to finish in third. And then you're still gonna go out in the first round, and then it's a then it's all bets are off. Then you're talking about trading trading Matthews because you can't be sure you're resigning him. Yeah, and you should, but you won't. You're right. If they lose feel, next year, it gets like ultra. Panicky. I feel so bad for Kyle Dubas because I don't know what you do. I can't point to anything and be like, make this better. The defense was fine. Mm. The goaltending was fine. I don't think. I'd really be excited about going into a season with Jack Campbell as my star, as like my option. Mm-hmm. But he's been good all season. I can't really That's deny fine. his success. So what do you do? Do you make a panic? I really do. I do think. <laughs> I don't know who it is though, because trading Marner is just a mistake. It's just an emotional mistake. But if you have a real plan. I, you know what? If they can trade Mitch Marner and sign like a Gabe Landeskog, mm-hmm. I'd think about doing that. That's the kind of guy they need. So, they need somebody who's psychotic. They they really need. They, like I don't they, ever want to endorse yeah. this, but they need a Tom Wilson type. <laughs> they need somebody who will run through human beings. They don't have anybody who cares. I know. I was like, they do need someone to drag them into the fight because, like, that's the thing: is their identity is that they're chokers and they're losers. But like, what's the identity of like? That's the result. But what's like the identity of like the team when you look mm-hmm. at it? You talk about, like, we've talked about this with the Blues and stuff, too, especially now that they're a little bit in transition. It's like, what is this team? When I look at the Bruins, I know what they are. When I look at the Islanders, I know what they are. When I look at Tampa or I look at the Hurricanes, I know what they are. But it's like, what is Toronto other than being this kind of... the big four and they're Toronto. Yeah, they're like this lifeless mess. You're right. That's the big four. And their big four is just... Like we've said a bunch of times, just lifeless, just this kind of like you said, it's they're they're nothing other than that city's hopes and dreams shoved into these shoved in these meat bags. <laughs> um, I don't know. 
I don't know why that was great. Their identity but, more what? than anything is that they're the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? and that's the problem. That kind of overshadows Stephen a. everybody. Smith was right on when he said they're the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL, because there is no narrative in Dallas. There is no player who can overcome the reality that they're the Cowboys, mm-hmm. and the only story is whether the Cowboys will fail or succeed, and they're always going to fail because that's the only story. Mm-hmm. And the I don't the Maple Leafs. You know, we talked about it earlier before the podcast. You were like, "Well, you know, people out there are saying you gotta gotta stay the course because eventually it'll happen." It could just not. Yeah, it and could not. to me, it, that could be what happens in Toronto because they can never change the reality that like a third of all hockey players come from there. Mm. All of hockey media is headquartered there. The spotlight on them is so immense, and the thing I—the thing about it that's insane to me is like that pressure. We wouldn't know because we haven't seen it for seventeen years. But that pressure can only get more intense the further they right. go. It's to me, it's not like winning around builds their confidence. In Toronto, it's more like, well, we've never even been in the second round. How could we possibly be expected to win that? You know. <laughs> I do think there is a, my tin hat theory is that it's so much harder there now than it ever was before, um, you know, in the, say like the last 15 years or since they won a playoff round because there's like social media, the, the media sphere has only grown and these players have only gotten younger and more connected to said sphere that like you just have to ingest that shit mm-hmm. and they're always talking about you. I mean, the fact that you and I can listen to a podcast about the Maple Leafs, one of like the biggest hockey podcasts there are, and we can learn and know about what like some of their picks are named. Some of the people they've drafted that aren't even in the team, we know who they are. Uh, I stumbled over his name. Justin. I know mm. who he is. I just don't care. <laughs> Our sweet... Uh, dear sweet Justin, mm. co-host of the soccer podcast, we must record again sometime soon. <laughs> it's coming. Said it perfectly when he was like, I shouldn't know who Pierre Engvall is. Exactly. That dude is like n- less than Ivan Barbashev. That's what I say. Imagine everyone around the league uh, knew about our opinions on Sammy Blay. They yeah. were all like, oh yeah, I've heard about that Sammy Blay guy. <laughs> like no one knows who that is. That's who Pierre Engvall is because... There's so much media. There's so much talk. Do you hear? If I go on our Twitter, I mean, granted, we're following these people, but I could see like 10 different people on any given day talk about, like, media people talk about why or how they saw this fourth liner or third pairing guy or seventh defenseman take the ice in practice today. Mm-hmm. And there's comments after comments about it because it's, it's just. So it's such a huge city where that sport is number one that they can't not talk about Travis it. Travis Dermott is. Who, Nico Mikola? Probably yeah. a little higher than that, but mm-hmm. not much. Vince Dunn, maybe. Imagine if the behavior, the on-ice actions of Nico Mikola were constantly <laughs> under a microscope. Every play he made. Imagine if the head of the any of the 
hockey portion of the athletic the chief editor in chief james myrtle every game tweeted blues fans and said who's your best player and who's your worst player i'm going to tweet about it i'm going to talk about it mm-hmm. it's, it's insane i can't imagine i can't imagine how yeah just did scorecards for all of them after every game yeah i just don't i I can't, I wouldn't want that pressure. And it's clear that these players don't want that pressure. And these particular players don't want that pressure. And maybe there are the players out there that do want that pressure. But I just don't... I don't think there's a lot of them, man. I don't think there's very many. I mean, some of them (laughs) might, but they're not awesome. That's the thing. It's like, it's a mix, right? You can have a guy that loves playing in Toronto, doesn't care about the pressure, doesn't care about all the social media stuff. But guess what? He's also some fourth line nobody. He's yeah. not Austin Matthews. I I feel for them in the sense that they have performance wise, they have the players, but I think you're right, not just with Matthews, but with a lot of them, they just don't have it between the ears. And it's not even so much that maybe they're nervous, it's just that they're just kind of blah. Just kinda of like, eh. Try my best. I push through it. I've seen a lot of people kind of give the excuse, well, you know, playoffs, um play or Playing the uh, regular season is different from the playoffs, and these these young guys they're they're conditioned now to play a certain game that's more suited for a regular season. They're not ready for the playoffs, which are more physical, a different rule book, yada yada. And I'm like, if these guys are so into hockey that they've made it to the NHL, they've seen what it's like. I'm not saying just because you see it means you can play it, but they've also played in the fucking playoffs. For five years. Mm-hmm. One round, I get it. It's only one round, but that's still like whatever. How many games at, they get? At some point Like during, 40-something games. At some point during STP to, today, they said, when does this team stop being young? And I was like, two years yeah. ago. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, already, man. Is anyone making the excuse that like, oh, Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews, they just don't know what it takes to win in the playoffs? They don't, clearly. <laughs> or they don't have what it takes mm. to win in the playoffs. Man. Mitch Marner said some comment about like uh you know about like well we had the team and we had the will and we had the heart mm. and it just didn't get done and I was like dude no you didn't then yeah then you would have because been once again done. circling back to the beginning this is the Montreal Canadiens this ain't the Boston Bruins yeah this ain't even a plucky Blue Jackets team coached by a really good coach who knows how to win tough games this is a Montreal Canadiens team with Carey Price like just recovering from an injury and a head coach who doesn't know his ass from his elbow and no stars and no scorers and they beat you from behind three to one and you should burn down the franchise and I just don't <laughs> but you know they can st- they can still sit there and say um you know that it's a silver medal to win the cup anywhere else or any of those sorts of things. But like broad strokes, broad strokes prediction. Do they make significant changes this summer or not? I really believe this is the year they hold Pat and they tell themselves Pandemic year. They tell themselves whatever they need to tell <laughs> themselves and then the tires frickin' fall all the way off next summer. I really think that's I, it. I think this is because last year, mm-hmm. last year there was the narrative. They were like, "Well, we need more grit. We need more veterans, and we need 
TJ Brody, apparently, who've been really good for them. So I can't even judge them. <laughs> but like, you know, that was like their narrative. And this year, I think their narrative's going to be, well, it's a fluke. What are you going to do? Tavares was hurt. And then next year, it's just get the, all bets are off when they lose in the first round next year, which they will. Yeah, I can't see that. Like, this team couldn't get past this Habs team. Then, like, they're going to play um, the fucking Lightning we're up, like, I think, I don't know, are they playing right now? Do they win? Do they win? Oh, they lost, but that's great for Carolina. But are up 2-1 in the series against Carolina in the second round. Tampa Bay Lightning, they just won the Cup last year. They're going to play them, and that, but they'll beat them. I'm sure they'll beat them. Yeah. Or they'll beat Boston, who's fucking up 2-1 on the Islanders in the second round. I'm sure they'll beat Boston. And it's like, no, oh, well, they beat uh, perhaps the Florida Panthers, who are quite good now. Probably not. It's like, who are they going to beat in the playoffs in that division? Nobody. I have zero confidence. Like, they could be up 3-0, and I'd still be like, we'll see. We'll see. They could also, Jack Campbell could turn into a pumpkin next year, Mm -hmm. and they could miss the playoffs in that division. Mm -hmm. Look how good that division is. You're telling me they couldn't possibly miss the playoffs? What if Tavares' injury lingers, Mm -hmm. and Jack Campbell misses the playoffs? or, Or sucks. That's it. Yeah, there is a giant bug trying to get in the window. Oh my god, that mosquito is going to murder me. But I'm glad it's outside. There's I thought screen, it was inside. Yeah. Screens are great. But it wants your blood. It wants to come for you. I drew a cartoon a long time ago when I was like in first grade when I used to think I could draw. And I and you know Farside? You know Farside? Those little fun cartoons or whatever? Uh-huh. Yeah. Of course. I was like reading those as a kid, so I drew a mosquito, but I drew it like it was a vampire, and then it said, I want to suck your blood. And I was like, get it? Because they both want to do that. And first grade me thought it was hilarious. <laughs> awesome. I would enjoy that. Uh, so, yeah, Toronto, I don't even know. I think they make it. Part of me feels like they make a panic move. I think someone, I think some team goes in there and tries to offer them something what they think is really cool, really good. Mm-hmm. Two firsts for Mitch and see, my best. I do prospect. see them. I do see them talking themselves into Mitch Marner for Seth Jones, like on a sign and trade, and that's that's the end of it. That's the end of the. That's the end of the discussion. That's that over, team maybe. don't need more defense. Defense wasn't the problem in this series. Their top score is not scoring was the problem. You know? Terrible. So, what do you do? I gotta say, this does make me feel better about the Blues. I think the Blues situation isn't great, but it doesn't feel dire. It doesn't feel like there's no hope left. Let's talk about the Blues, shall we? I think, for one thing, they've already won the Cup. I don't even care. Sell the team. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Move them back to Saskatoon. It's time. But, yeah, I mean... I look at the Blues as a team... There are there are moves they can make to get better, mm-hmm. and that's not true of the <laughs> so. But will they make? Them? What do you? How do you want to talk about this? We've gone already so over an hour on these two topics. See, that's the that's the uh, that's the marker. We're an hour in. That's when the real blues shit comes uh, to fruition. So I want to kind of talk about the blues moves this off season. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford from the Athletic. I'm sure you've never heard of this fucking hack before. He uh, wrote a 10-point 10, 10 article about the different things the Blues need to do this offseason uh, in The Athletic. And so I wanted to kind of go through them. Just get your thoughts on them. You can spin these in whatever you know, whatever topic you want to talk about. Namely, you know, the topic at hand, of course. <laughs> but uh, 
we'll keep it around there. So like he's had ten, and then I wrote I was gonna write ones that we really need because some of JR's mm-hmm. are silly, but uh, it was only one. But I think it's a big one. Um, so anyways, we'll start at number one that JR had. He said the Blues need to figure out if they need to re-sign Schwartz. They don't, don't. which they don't. Yeah, most certainly not. I don't. I really. I just. I would be shocked if that news trickled in. I would be shocked. I. Here's the thing. That dude's already resigned, mm. and they're resigning him. He's not testing the market. He doesn't have that kind of cachet in the NHL. You mean the 13th biggest UFA of the summer? <laughs> you know, like this dude. This dude is like Thomas Tatar, and we're talking about him like he's freaking Bernie Federico. <laughs> I know, I'm like, man, we might, might need to hold on to him. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I like Jaden Schwartz. Great I mean, that, guy, that move does, but, I see why he did it first, because it does define the offseason yeah. in a lot of ways. But I think it only defines it in the sense that, like, you know you need to move on from him, and that means you got to do some stuff, as we'll talk about. Because I already know what your other top ten <laughs> thing is. Yeah, it's like number two, he said, finalize the expansion draft protected list. This kind of feels like, to me, um, when, like, you have a list of things. Someone's like, let's make a list of things we're going to do today. And you wrote down on that list, like, use the bathroom. <laughs> Where it's like, yeah, man, you didn't have to put that on the list. I was just going to do that. Yeah. Like, the Blues don't need to finalize their expansion draft list because they, they, they'll they just do it. Yeah. Uh, they don't have to think about it. But, um, I don't know. Off the top of my head, they're going to go 7-3-1. They're going to go Tarasenko, Shen... Peron, O'Reilly, Kyra Thomas, Kyra Thomas, Sunquist. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Boy, did you you said Peron, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're in there. Uh, they're going to trade Dunn, which we'll get to, and then the Seattle pick Barbashev. Yeah. I mean, you know, take anyone else. Who but... do you pr- you protect Krug, Pareko, and Oh, Bach. yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. So they take Barbashev, or maybe you can talk them into Scandella. Yeah. Which would I would prefer, because <laughs> Scandella... Really not good. Which is fine, and but then I would think, and we'll we'll get there. There's other there's other pieces. So uh, point three, Jr. said extend Perron, which I think is how old is David Perron these 33. days? Thirty three. Really? Not, he just turned thirty three. Really? He's like thirty three. Why do I think six he was days? Why do I think he was like thirty six already? <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. I would give. I would honestly. He's kind of aging like fine wine. I'd give that dude another four by four, probably. Maybe you like that last contract. How about another? <laughs> or like a three by four? Like I have no problem. I go. I don't think you can ask him to lower his AAV. Right. You signed him at a steal to begin with, and then he outperformed it. I was gonna say if he kind of slows down, you're paying him like three by four. That's kind of you just giving him the money he deserves. I do think that he missed the last time. I, I'm fine with extending him. I do think the only drawback there is like you are extending him at age 33 after a point per game season, mm-hmm. so it does feel like it has that steam potential a little bit. Yeah. But like I also really think that he's part of your core 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 now so you i mean you've he is he's your top he's in your top six you remove him you have a glaring hole yeah at right wing um yeah i don't know it's i i feel bad he this, wasn't able to play this, this next one's bonkers yeah so jr says that the blues should bring bozak back i do think he's the most likely to be brought back of our all of our ufas because um, I think Schwartz is gone. I think Hoffman I walks. I don't have a problem with bringing Bozak back. I have a problem with thinking that's a really important priority. Right. It, here's the thing. 
if we don't re-sign Tyler Bozak, and I say this with love to Tyler Bozak, we can just sign any of the other 15 Tyler Bozaks that will be available in free agency. That's Cal Granlin. Yeah. <laughs> anyone. Anyone at all. Any any human being you can name. You know? It doesn't even really have to be a center because you've got three centers. Right. You can be anybody. Well, that's the thing is, like, if you, you don't have to bring Bozak back because technically you want to throw Thomas in at center, right? Because, like, do you throw Bozak off on the wing? And it's like, well, we can't. He's a really good face-off guy. It's like, okay, well, then Thomas isn't a center. But they're like, but we really want Thomas at center. It's like, well, you already have Shen and you have O'Reilly. So I'm kind of okay not bringing Bozak back. And, again, I kind of get where JR is coming from because I think he's coming at from, like, a stability standpoint. And the Blues trying to be the best team they can be. It's like, hey, if we get rid of Bozak and we don't go out and sign somebody, what are we going to do? We have Thomas's third line center that's still a slight unknown i'm not sure the blues would like that it's like yeah i get it jr but i'm okay with this team sucking actually Thomas's third line center is a slight unknown then trade the dude yeah <laughs> i have no qualms about third line center the dude should be in your top six plans mm. that's the thing is like I get, this you, is you can put him at wing or something top six but you kind of have two centers and Shannon O'Reilly. We're we're always butting our heads up against something as a podcast cuz we're some would call us negative or pessimistic. No, no, I would no. call us realists. But I would say pragmatic. Pragmatic. That's another good word for it. But this is the I think this is the new trend that we're going to bump up against is people thinking that like this is still basically the cup team mm-hmm. and like we've got to extend that window and you and i both realized we got to build a whole new window baby because yeah. that one's gone that window <laughs> and like you i don't i i don't know that robert thomas is ready to be a number 2 center in the nhl every day he disappointed a little this year, but then again, I look at his advanced metrics and they're better than he looked on paper. Yeah. And also, this team isn't winning a cup until he's ready to be a number two center because he is the future of your team. Yeah, that guy's not, he's so not a like, depth player. Yeah, so unless you're including him in a like earth-shattering deal for a Jack Eichel or somebody like that. Which I'm all for. Which I would totally be for, but like... Unless you're doing that, then, yeah, then, like, you need to plan around him, not around Tyler frickin' Bozak. <laughs> and, I, again, I have nothing against Tyler Bozak at all. Yeah. <laughs> just turned on outside. Oh, my God, it's a sheen. Demon. I hope that's, Mike's picking that up for sure, but, you know, if you can't close the window because yeah, it's a crank. It. Do it. How do do it. it. Turn the crank. Turn the old crank. Yeah, no, the way you were going, you were right. Just twist it more. Lefty Lucy. <laughs> Except in this case, it's the opposite. Lefty, l- I don't know. Lefty Lecision. <laughs> oh, it's getting quieter, baby. There we go. Now people Hermetically are... sealed. <laughs> Is the bug in here? Yeah, one of them's inside the screen for oh, sure. Oh, no. You dead, buddy. Um, but that's such a weird... Thinking that's a priority is so weird to me. I, yeah, I know. The top ten thing, and that was the fourth thing you thought of was bring Bozak back. Mm-hmm. No, thanks. No. Uh, number five, you said, get injured players back healthy, and I put, or as healthy as they can be. Mm-hmm. I named Tarasenko, Preko, and Sunquest. 
I think Sunquest, what did he tear? His ACL? Yeah. Um, I hope he's fine. But they also said he needs hip surgery or something, apparently, this summer. So hopefully he's back in time for the start of the season. He might be one of those guys that's out still for like a month or so before he comes back. But yeah, who knew Oscar Sunquest, uh, such a key factor uh, to this team's success? For sure. He's still good. For real. I just want to say real quickly Travis Zajac, mm-hmm. uh, Nick Bugstad, Nick Bonino, Mikhail Granlund, Eric Stahl, Philip Deneau. Uh, Riley Nash, Matthias Yanmark, any of those dudes oh, is shit. Tyler Bozak. I'd take Philip Deneau. Yeah. Yeah. Anything different. Do something different. I agree. I just don't, again, I don't get looking at last year's team and thinking, let's try to keep as much of that together as possible. That was clear. Clearly success was just a moment away for this team. Indeed. Um, yeah, the, the injury thing is interesting to me because Tarasenko is i mean i'd put money on never getting past 30 goals again honestly like i just don't think it's happening he gets to 20 again if he gets to 20 again i'm i call it a success mm. like i really really do but i don't know that he does and i don't know that he i don't know that he's really fits this team anymore that might sound silly because of course anybody that's a possible big goal scorer for you should fit your team but it's like I don't know that this team needs him. I don't in his current form, but he, also trading him, you're gonna get nothing. People talk about exposing him or trading him. Yeah. I, I'd really rather he play next year here because if he oh, does yeah. recapture that form, I want it to be here. I don't want him to go elsewhere and then be the same old Vladimir Tarasenko. Oh yeah. But if he's not back by the end of this contract it's you gotta let him go well, that's the thing I was like, go. you gotta yeah. trade him for something at that point because you can't just let him walk again but yeah, yeah. Pareko JR talked about it like the back injury thing was like somehow in a bubble of this season alone he was like well the back injury this season but you know next season uh, will be perfect and it's like back injuries don't just like disappear my biggest hot take is that you should trade Colton Pareko for sure this summer. You can't... You, you, get, you get a chunk for him. You can't go into next season with him unsigned and play this game for the third straight year and not get anything. We don't have a pipeline. Our pipeline is nothing. It's very Nikita thin. Alexandrov's okay. Scott Perunovich might be good, but as long as Craig Berube here is here, we're never going to know it. And... <laughs> Jake Neighbors like is impressing a little bit in the WHL, but by that I mean he's exceeding very low expectations. He could be a third and line player. And who else player. do we have? Torpchenko is not going to become anything. Costin, I guess, is the other big one. But like, but a lot of these guys are kind of here. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's pretty much Alexandrov and Neighbors that aren't here, and, and a couple good goalies. Yeah, yeah, and goalies. I guess yeah, I'm thinking more like forwards but, and yeah. everything, or even defense, and it's like. What do we have? Like, there's going to be, you're going to have to have a lot of creative moves uh, in free agency and through trades to get this team competitive without backfilling cheap young talent. You're telling me you can't trade Pareko and get a first and a good young roster player for one year of that, dude? You can't get the Zach Sanford deal, which I'm not saying Zach Sanford's worked great for us, Mm -hmm. but you can't get a guy. Four goals in one game. 
That's right. <laughs> if he just did that. Who, who else is going to do if that? If he just did that every game, yeah. he'd be the greatest player of all time. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like you can, you could totally get that for a team for a team that's going to have a full year to re-sign him and who can plan around him. And I just think you're you can't. What? How can you pay him as much or more than your other defensemen and still have a team? And I just don't, I don't know. I just, he, to me, he doesn't fit anymore. Speaking of defensemen, JR says we should add size on defense. You need to go out and get a big hitty man. A guy that can, to be hit to his, to his point, can clear the, the front of the net. Couldn't we just have good defensemen? I <laughs> like, that, how do you look at what, I guess the Avs screened us a lot. Yeah, so they said, gotta fix that. But, like, the Avs didn't need to screen us to win that series. <laughs> look at the Avs defensemen. They're so... The Avs defense is absurd. I don't really think... I think there's way too much focus on that top one. Not way too much, because Nathan McKinnon's a god. But, like, that defense is... Maybe the best ever assembled in the NHL from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Kale McCarr and Sam Gerrard are insane. Bowen Byram is a rookie, but he's phenomenal. Eric Johnson isn't even a factor anymore. Devin Taves is one of the best defenders in the entire league at everything. And then you've got Ryan Graves, who's like leading the league in plus minus and block shots and other guys that defense is frightening and you know what they don't have a lot of size and that's just okay you know like i just i don't that's such an old man yells at cloud narrative you don't need size on defense you just need a better defense mm-hmm. Well, you two know? two of the people we could get in free agency on defense are two former Avs defensemen that they just let walk in Cole and Zadorov. So you don't want one of them? You could have one of them. They're big hitty guys or Savard out of Tampa. I'm just saying, I think they're gonna do it. I think 100 they're, they're, they're gonna, gonna get to they're sure. gonna get some big guy. How, Jamie Alexiak, come on down. They're gonna pay so much for him, and I'm just gonna be angry. And that's gonna be like the big offseason move. Yeah, we overhauled our defense. The problem with some of them... If they, if they add a big guy and trade Pareko, yeah. I'm in. That's the thing. In is like if you, in for a pound. If you I'd add a defenseman that. like that, but if you, you, add, have to de- you have to protect him, do you, you not? If you add a big defenseman, you for sure have to trade yeah. Pareko. Yeah, because like, you can't... You don't have to I guess if you sign a free agent, you don't have to protect him, right? Because then they won't, they won't be signed before the draft. What is that? It's so shortly the dr- before free agency in the draft. Oh, okay. So free agency is not July first. They remember because they get to negotiate earlier, uh, and they can yeah, sign yeah. your UFAs if you That's leave true. them unprotected. But that counts as their pick. Okay. From your team, so it's more like a trade. If we made some sort of yeah. trade that kept all of our defensemen yeah. here, we traded, let's say, whatever forwards to get them. Okay. Well, okay. You know what, Blues? Now it's fine. Do it. I say do it. I mean, everyone's if, okay. If you can trade Vince Dunn for a defenseman with size, fine. But if you're going to go out and give a big contract to Jamie Alexiak, 
and just spend more money on players that have never played here and you don't know how they're going to fit your system and are old and aging, then then you're right. You mentioned it today, but then this team's just cratering in three years and we're going to be in total rebuild mode in a couple years. We have to think about the future now because there is no present. I refuse. Uh, I just do. Are there people out there who really think this team is one or two moves away from competing with the Avs and the Lightning and the Hurricanes and any of the teams left in the playoffs except the Canadian teams? Well, that's what I'm going to say. So I feel like a lot of people say, well, we're a couple moves away from being back to a cup contender. Sure. And my answer to that is that sounds really good until you think about, like you just said, all of the other teams that are cup contenders that are in the way, and you go, oh, so we're not then. Because if you can't say you're on the same pedestal as them, there's different tiers for sure. Yeah, there's like three or four teams every year. Like that's a fav- that's like a clear cut favorite. Then you got teams hanging around there. I'd like to think like the Islanders, the Bruins. They're just like, hey, they could win. You never know. Um, I'm thinking we obviously want to aim for the top tier, but re- realistically, it's really tier number two. That we're going to be able to achieve because we're not the Avs, we're not um, the Golden Knights or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Um, but I still think we're a couple moves, more than a couple moves away from even being in that second tier, right? Like, I just think there's a lot that has to be done for us to even be in the same conversation as, like, yeah, this team could really do it. Because again, I look at this team and I think this team only made the playoffs this year because Arizona said, well, we don't really give a shit either. Like, we could have easily missed. It wasn't some clear-cut, foregone conclusion that we were going to get into the playoffs. We came in there in the fourth spot. That could happen again. I feel like... I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I feel feel like like winning the Cup, and I probably said this before, but it just changed the math for me. I would rather be worse a couple years to get better and do that again. Because making the second round don't matter to me no more. Right. I know that it's great for Tom Stillman and super and on and that's legit. I'm not trying to crap on that. He needs money to keep investing in the team. I get that. I'm not crapping on that. And I'm never gonna complain about us making the second round. But I want this team to be shooting for cups now. Yeah. Because that's I can't get any higher than 2019. So I might as well just try to get that high again. You know. And I don't. I just don't see how people can't see how far from competing with those teams we are. You know? We're not... What We were just watching a couple of the games and just seeing plays and we're just like, the Blues couldn't, couldn't do that. If they were on the ice alone, they couldn't make that play. Much less through another team. You know? We don't have a lot of creative players on this team. That's for sure. For players that can execute, mm-hmm. I should say consistently at that level well you look at the islanders and you think that's a team that's built like the blues want to be built yeah but then they've still got matthew barzell who Mm. no one in our team could touch in terms of skill you know and they've got a couple other really good skilled guys i just don't see jamie alexiak doesn't fix this team what's number six (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, number seven. Don't worry, we're almost there. Uh, do you trade Dunn? Do you trade Thomas? That was just his, it's his so, questions of trades. It's so... You know, you don't... 
You're not looking for an excuse to trade Robert Thomas because he had one kind of offseason right. in which he was injured and his analytics were still pretty good. It's so weird how quick this team has turned on this fan. This fan base has turned on this particular young player because he hasn't immediately become Bo Horvat. Do you remember how long it took Bo Horvat to become Bo Horvat? <laughs> Quite a while. Pretty much up until he last year. He was just almost. okay yeah. for a number of years. Do you remember? And I'm not saying he's Nathan McKinnon because, of course, he's not. But do you remember how Nathan McKinnon kind of wasn't that great for a few years at the start of his career? Sometimes players take a while to develop. And I don't necessarily look at, at Thomas as completely untouchable as I did at one point. Again, if the Eichel move happens, fine. But I'm yeah. not just looking for an opportunity to trade. Robert Thomas, whereas Vince Dunn, the coach obviously doesn't have any use for him, and you're going to lose him in the expansion draft if you don't protect him. So yeah, him I am looking for an excuse to trade, because I'll hate it. Personally, it'll gut me, because I don't want to lose that guy. But if you can get a second, or hell, certainly a first-round pick for that guy, you got to do it. You know? But the Thomas thing's weird to me. I don't know. How do you feel about that? I mean, I don't see any real reason to do it unless there's like Something that blows your socks off. Like, you need young players. You need guys like him. And I think, you know, after we sign him to whatever contract he deserves, uh, he's going to be under a good amount of cost control, which brings us to the next point, which we don't have necessarily linger on because we talked about last week. It just says assess your RFAs. Again, JR, this is much like putting, I'll need to use the bathroom on your to-do list for today (laughs) because you'll just do that. Um, That's bad. That's bad. I love He's, JR, but that's weak. You, you, don't you need could have just had buddy. a top eight list. Yeah, yeah, right. You didn't need the ten, buddy. Uh, he said, get a different backup goalie, question mark, to which later down the line when someone asked him to uh, think more or expand upon his thoughts on the backup goalie, he basically said that he thought the Blues were probably leaning on keeping Huso as the backup next year as well. Um, not, not the biggest deal to me, but it's like, yeah, I think you still... I think you, what you need to do is you can keep Huso and you can see if he's still your backup, but I think you definitely need someone other than John Gillies as your AHL. You need someone with a little more uh, experience signed to give him a little bit of his run for his money so in case Huso does implode or Bennington does get hurt and you got to run with Huso for a long time and you're not, you know, I don't want John Gillies as the backup to our backup. So it's like, to me, at very least, they need to get a different uh, third goalie to kind of challenge this Huso just, a bit. This whole list is the conversation of a team to me that does not realize how bad they actually are. Yeah, it's like we're talking of about needing to keep your third line center, who's thirty-five, about how you can probably move ahead with your backup goalie who had like an eight-ninety save percentage. Yeah. It's, and how your biggest need is some size on defense. That's just, that's like a tinkering off season. And we do not need a tinkering off season. We're in for a real rude awakening if we think those couple of moves make us substantially better. Well, then, Stephen, can Armstrong and Berube stay on the same page? They're because... already not. <laughs> but can they stay where they're not? Um, There's no way Craig Berube is coaching this team after next season. Yeah, I think please. he gets all of next season probably. Might <laughs> I think my, he gets all of next season, but you can't bring him back my, the season after. My one question mark. Oh no, I Seattle still doesn't have a goalie. Yeah, or a coach. They don't have a goalie either. But 
I I could see them finding a way to like sneak him over there to be closer to home, get an exciting new challenge. The team that win, you know, the team, the new team gets to bring in a cup contender and a guy with native heritage, which is, yeah. I assume is a pretty big deal in, in Seattle. And then we can look at, a, you know, I, Gerard I, I don't really want Mike Van Ryan to just get the job. I think he, if he's going to get one, Arizona's perfect because he can fail forward. But like, so you want Steve Ott? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> That's what you're what, how crazy would that be? I'd love Steve Ott to be the coach and but for like, us to be magically good with him. Again, I know, I know we've beaten on Craig Berube. I don't have a problem with them individually, but it's just like, how can they stay on the same page? They're not on the same page currently, clearly. Clearly they're not on the same page. And if I'm Doug Armstrong, who built this team from nothing and gave you a chance, I'm pretty pissed that we're not on the same page, you right. know? That's what I mean. It's like even JR acknowledged the fact that um, Army is building this team to be kind of young, a little more speed, a little bit more about the transition, and while Ruby is but not... But we need Tyler Bozak and Jamie yeah, Alexia. Of course. Well, that's the thing, is like, if he does, if he makes those moves, if that's the moves that Army makes, then him and Ruby are on the same page, but like, I don't think Ruby's plan or coaching style, or maybe his coaching style's alright, but like, his plan and what they play like out on the ice just isn't isn't how hockey is played right now at the highest level, like at the successful level. Um, it's just not, and I don't, I don't really think it's all that much personnel. I think there are some personnel changes that have to be made on the ice, but like, I do think it is a lot of the strategy and everything. I do think we could be a team that competes and is speedy and has a great transition and everything, but I think they need to be, allowed to do that or they need to be able to play that game without being like this complete 200 foot yada yada player that's mm-hmm. baked into this weird blues pie of like just having to be this rough and tumble scoring by committee some is you know it's teams greater than some of its parts sort of thing where it's just like man I, that's great and all but that feels like something you have to do when you're in that position but that shouldn't be the goal yeah that should just be like the circumstance that you're in Mm -hmm. and but we constantly put ourselves in that circumstance by just having players that are all right and we stick with them because we know who they are and we don't want to go out and make a big ufa splash or you know make a big trade because who are those guys we don't know and like Mm -hmm. might not fit our system and it's like we already have players on this team that aren't fitting the craig Bruby system so either the system has to change which I don't think he's changing, or the coach has to change. And I do think there's been way too much, even in terms of St. Louis media, going, well, Craig Bruby, you know, what are you going to do? He's, he's here. It's not his fault or whatever. And it's like, ah, I don't know, man. I don't think it's completely his fault uh, of where this team's at, but I, he's, I don't think he's helping. That's for sure. I mean, how many times did you see this year when we lost and he talked to the media where he was just kind of like, just kind of like, he literally like, I don't know, you got to ask the players. And it wasn't even, like, in a mean way. It was just kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. And I was like, that seemed really just blah. Even in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the playoffs, and we played the fucking referee card or whatever. That's when I knew this was over, when he played the Pete DeBoer. Uh, you know, well, the refs just aren't, you know, the refs aren't calling this, aren't calling that. And I was like, okay, got it. 
Yeah. I mean, I I get in the playoffs, the coaches kind of distance themselves almost from the players and the media to kind of make their, you know, make the routine about me. I'm the coach. Don't talk about the team. I'm crazy. I really... But it was just like, dude, say, say something, anything that makes me feel like you're going to make changes. I genuinely do think, and this will probably be unpopular and I just don't care, I genuinely do think he was the biggest single problem with the team this year. From... Coaching Hoffman to not using the players the way Armstrong wanted them used to just not changing the lines and then randomly throwing together lines that made no sense. What, how can, at any point, when can you say Craig Berube did something positive for this team? The only time I thought of this the other day is when he kind of did the calling out of Bennington and was like, I don't know, he doesn't seem to have that swagger. And then, like, that night was the night that he went crazy and did the 50 saves. Okay, maybe that was intentional. Maybe that was 4D chess, and, and I'll give him credit. But, like, other than that, I just don't know what that dude's shining moments were this year. And we've got to consider the fact that that's, what, like, three of his five NHL seasons now that haven't been that good. Mm-hmm. And there was the one year, and both of the years where they were good, he was taking over for a coach that was long in the tooth, and he got to do the rah-rah, I'm the good guy routine, you know? Mm-hmm. Not strategy. It's not, you know? So I just, I, to me, to me, he's a real big concern. Can I show you a picture of Steve Ott and his wife dressed up as Joker and Harley Quinn from uh, the Suicide Squad movie? How did, how did oh my god. Because I wanted to look at how old that's Steve upsetting. Ott was, and he's only 38. I mean, that's well done. That's a good yeah, that's cosplay, good. but uh, it's upsetting. It also, you're an NHL coach, man. Have some respect. Well, this is from 2016 when he was with the Detroit Red Wings. Ah, okay. So really, this was probably the highlight of his season. Yeah, probably. That's probably that. <laughs> After they healed up his hammies. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I mean, to me, what I was going to say was, after all the 10 different things JR thinks... Blues need to do this offseason. I think the biggest thing goes to his number one. If you're not re-signing Schwartz, you have to get yourself another left winger. I think even if you were to re-sign Schwartz, you have to get yourself a top six left winger because... He's not. Who, I mean, who <laughs> else do you have? you going to play Zach Sanford up there? Here's my problem, and this feels like a, this feels like a drum I beat all the time, but my problem with Zach Sanford... And um, Sammy Blade, to a lesser extent, is whenever they're brought up in a top six role, you'll even see it in articles, you'll see pundits say it, you'll see it all over the place. They'll say, oh, they can fill in those in those spots in a pinch. Oh, they, they're really good at filling in in a top six role. Exactly. They're fill-ins. Mm-hmm. No one's like, you know what, Malkin can really fill in on the second line center or whatever. That's his spot. No one's No one solidified a top six role on the left wing, like on the left wing side outside of Schwartz, and he kind of plays there just because he's our best option there. But like Zach Sanford's not a top six left winger. Sammy Blay's not a top six left winger. Does Costin play left wing? I think he's a right winger. Mm-hmm. Because he's Russian, he's yeah. He plays, right shoots left. He's on the right. <laughs> um, you can put him. You can put him up there and see if he's any good there. But that's not his natural position. Uh, Kairu plays right wing, right? So you're not going to put him there. David Perron's already in your top six, and he's a right winger, even though he's left. Like there, you don't have you don't have anyone mm-hmm. for over there at all. I just 
You lack, I, I you lack be, a top six. I don't want to constantly beat up on this team. I just don't understand how anyone looks at it and thinks that's a pretty good team. Yeah, right. I think you see you see pieces there, right? You see Ryan O'Reilly, you see Dave Brown. I guess Braun, you and see pieces and, you know. And you know they won a cup, and so you instantly, thats if that's all the thinking you want to do, you uh-huh. go, you know what? This team's pretty close. I guess yeah. if you just glance at the team and think, Shen, Schwartz, O'Reilly, Perron, yeah. Tarasenko, plus they've got Thomas and Costin, or, or Thomas and uh, Kyrie, those are younger guys. Uh, and, you know, they've got a lot of depth with Sanford Barbershop. Like, you convince yourself. You just talk me into thinking this team's pretty good. I'm like, yeah, man, yeah. But that's the thing is, like, a lot of these players, granted, we're looking at just this last team, but still, a lot of these players are kind of underwhelming. Like, seriously. And the report card thing from JR, it was O'Reilly, Perron, and Falk were like the three people, or like even from fucking Army's mouth, those are the three guys that had good seasons this year. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. You can get some people are going to rebound or blah blah. Shen might be better next year. Some of these guys, Mary maybe Tarasenko's healed up a bit, but like, it's the thing. It's the conversation you've had. A, you've said this a lot of times though, because it's like. If you tell yourself, well, this year was a fluke, we got to go into next year, then if next year's bad, you can just as easily tell yourself, well, yeah, well, it's really only one year we can judge them mm-hmm. on because they had the cup and then they had the two COVID seasons. This is really the first fair chance to judge them. And yeah, it wasn't great. But that's only but one that's year. But that's only one year. Yeah. And then it's just you're three years into what should have been a rebuild and you're still telling yourself, yeah, but they'll probably be better. Yeah, you know, like, I mean, at what point do I get to thing, make any judgments? And they're the, like, well, not yet. The thing that comforts me is I don't think Doug Armstrong will be that oh, guy, yeah, yeah. but I do think a lot of fans are already that person. And I wish, I wish this was a fan to, fan base that demanded more from the team. There is a happy medium between hmm. being a Toronto Maple Leafs fan and being a. I don't even know, like a, bu- a Buffalo Sabres fan. Not that they aren't angry and don't demand more from their team, but like being more just downtrodden than anything else, you know? Um, I, I need to, I need this fan base to feel a little defeated. That's all I'm saying. Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Come join us. Everyone, just be miserable. Be more miserable. Um... We've been on here for an hour and 40 minutes, so I don't think we want to launch into a tier list now. Oh, no, i got to be fresh. This truly, um, truly stunk in my brain. <laughs> it's a good uh, thing I'm a fully grown man. Real, real quick, let's talk about the playoffs. Uh, playoffs? Colorado, they're a friggin' wagon, man. I'd love for them to go undefeated. That'd be hilarious. Can they? Here's the thing. If they go undefeated against Vegas, neither of the Canada teams are stopping them. Right. So they're getting to the... That'd be, that'd be like, pretty dope if they went 12-0. Like Can you imagine being the other team? I mean, I guess you Even could... if you're the Lightning or whoever, you're like, oh my god. You're like, uh-oh. Um, speaking of the Lightning, Carolina won their first game tonight. That's good. I didn't want to see them get swept. I think they could still make it a series. Mm-hmm. But that goaltending situation... No, no, Alex could be pretty good, <laughs> but I just don't know if he's the answer. You know. I mean, they put in, uh, they put in Morazic tonight. One. I mean, there is something to as much as it's important to have a number one entering the playoffs. There is something to be said for always having that option to switch. 
It does help. You know, it does make you not feel like completely defeated when you're yeah. like, man, we're this deep in the playoffs, but we're I got to Billy Huso. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, who thoughts who do you think's winning those series? This is, this is. Um, Avs going to win. In four? Uh, in Last six. night was pretty close. I think Vegas will take yeah. at least two. They're, They're still a good team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want Carolina to win, but I could I see... I'm the I, same way. I think it's going to be lightning and fire. Uh-huh. I want them to win so bad, but I don't think it's going to Come on, happen. Carolina, please. Boston, uh, New York won their... Sec- uh, Boston won their second. It's yeah. was 1-1. Boston's up 2-1. to one. I think New York pulls it out. I'd love it. I'd love it. I have a feeling... I don't know. I don't know why. I, think, I have every reason to believe Boston is going to be the boring team that wins the Cup this year. But I just feel like New York has a little bit of that... If New York, that Nassau magic, if you will. If New York makes it past Boston, at least it gives me someone to root for uh, over on that side. Because I feel like if it ends up being Lightning Bruins, I'm going to be kind of like, ugh. Mm-hmm. And the Montreal leads Winnipeg 1 to nothing, And I know it goes against all logic, but I still fully believe Winnipeg wins in five games. <laughs> yeah. It's always six or seven. But, like, I just... Winnipeg, somebody on the other on Twitter the other night was like, oh man, Montreal's a sneaky team. They could win this whole thing. And I'm like, no. But Winnipeg is to me. <laughs> Winnipeg is a sneaky Granted, team. Granted, they just lost their best player to his own idiocy. But like, they're a deep team. They've got the goalie. I could see them giving the avalanche I trouble. I wouldn't want to this. match up against Winnipeg if I was any team in this playoffs. You know that series is going to suck, even if you win it, you mm-hmm. know? True. So I, I still think Winnipeg wins that series. Do you agree? or? Yeah, I think I do. I mean, what's funny to me is uh, the Habs, if they get past Winnipeg uh, in this series, I would still pick the Habs to roll right over them. And the thing about that is, what was that? What team was that? 2016? Was it Ottawa? No. Which team? No, it was 2016. Ottawa made it to the third yeah. round mm-hmm. and lost an OT in Game 7. Mm-hmm. They That was the team where every round I was like, yeah, I know they won the first round, but they won't win the second round. And then they won the second round. I'm like, yeah, I know they won the second round, but they're not going to win the third round. And they got so deep in the third round, they almost made the final. And I was like, even though they've proven to me at every level that they can win, I was still like, they won't be doing that. So if the Habs make it past the Jets, I'll still pick the Habs to lose uh-huh. the next round because it's like, yeah, I know you just won two rounds, but you're still crap. Wheels have to fall off eventually, um, for sure. I mean, for the Canadians, they, um, they've they already won. They beat Toronto in the first round. That should be... that Both should and shouldn't be enough for them, right? Like, they should be asking for more, but really, if I was them, I'd be like, eh. We did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I know they should want better, but that would be my World Series. I don't remember how Stanley I Cup. felt in the days after Game Seven against the Hawks in 2016. But I, I feel like I, think, I was all right with that. I, was I think like, I okay. remember feeling like I wanted more, of course, but I was pretty good with where it was, at, yeah. you know. And uh, man, I don't. The good news is with the. With the uh, Maple Leafs out, I just feel like I don't care at all who wins anymore. It's all good. Yeah. It's all I any of the I don't want Boston or Tampa really, but I won't be angry. Yeah. You know, so I like that. That makes me happy. Yeah. Uh, so, any other thoughts before we get out of here? Man, 
No, I was trying to think of something deep. I'm I'm looking at this St. Louis tier list, and I'm gonna be real. Di- I'm a I'm a. Pre- <laughs> we have to make our own one. I'm a preview next week. Yeah. I'm definitely seeing a couple S's on here. At least oh, one guarantee. Really? Yes. Oh yeah. There's one. I won't. I won't spoil. We'll talk Man. about it next week. But Man, I want to know. I'll tell you off air, but. I'm just, people have to wait. You know that classic move they pull on Steve Dangle oh, where yeah. they're like, oh, a big secret they just told me. Yeah. I can't tell you who told me. Oh, I'll tell you guys, but I yeah, can't tell yeah. these guys, you know. So uh, we're doing that to you folks. <laughs> we don't even like our listeners. Please send us content idea. Please. I'll tell you what's not on the S tier. Fucking Lion's Choice. Yeah. Oh, swing and a miss. Sorry, folks. If you're a Lion's Choice devotee out there, do not listen to this podcast <laughs> next week. We're going in hard. Uh, so until then, you can keep your king roast beef and Swiss and burn it <laughs> Too far. Send us your content ideas. Please. Good night, everybody. Good night. Yeah.